Do you ever feel like you need an extra push to feel inspired or motivated to take on the day? I know I do at times. And are you searching for a sign to nudge you one step closer to achieving your goals? I've decided to do something and I'm doing it absolutely free. All you have to do is text JOY. You're going to text JOY to 720. Grab your pen and paper right now. 720-706-5956. And I'm going to send you free weekly inspirational messages from me directly to your phone. We don't have to do this life alone. I want to be there as a support. So just go ahead and simply text JOY to 720-706-5956. And I'm going to be sending you free. It might be an affirmation or encouragement, maybe a meditation, something that will help you start your week in the right foot with a simple message from me. Again, text JOY. And I'm going to give you that number one more time, 720-706-5956 to receive free weekly inspirational messages from me directly to your phone. I love you. If we do not listen to the true destiny, because we all have our destiny, and if we choose, because we all have free will not to listen, then we actually start creating disease in our body. And it can start with mental health disease. It can start with depression. It can start with body aches in the body. Welcome to Manifestable. I'm your host, Danette May, and each week I will bring you epic guests and live coaching where you can come to receive profound breakthroughs, courage to break old patterns, and live into your soul's purpose. My mission is to remind people of their power and that they have the control to tap into their energy to achieve extraordinary things. On today's episode, I am humbly, also powerfully excited to be able to chat with this very brave person. This is somebody that I have known. This is somebody who has been through my programs and is brave enough to share their story. And this story, when we talk about sex trafficking, We talk about trauma. We talk about things in our past. This episode will be here to help guide you through your own traumas, some of these deep things that you have possibly gone through in your past and how you navigate them as a functioning adult. I love you all so much. This podcast is deep. This podcast is raw. Let's get started. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How are you? Pretty well, actually. How about you? I'm good. Oh my gosh, I'm super excited to chat with you. I am actually not even going to say a name, and we're just going to go for this today and let you ask your question. I have no idea what your question is. So, like, I like everyone to know that when people come on on these the show, I actually don't pre-read. I have a team that actually pre-reads questions or what, who they decide to bring on. And I don't actually know who's coming on. And I do this out of spirit, I guess. I guess that's the right word because I'm really trying to drop into what not Danette would necessarily say, but I want to be used as a tool. So just so you know, I didn't know you were coming on until the last minute and I don't know your question. Oh, good. Well, 
Uh, I won't go into the, uh, as it requested, a ton of background. I did include some of that. I think context certainly helps. Okay, I'll ask questions if I need to. Yeah, yeah. You're so intuitive. I know that you've kind of got it. So I think my question that I have today is root chakras and, and conflict. I'm a very mediator type of personality, but that comes now from a place of a lot of work and a lot of healing. I used to be very angry and combative and I would welcome conflict, seek it out. But at this point, I avoid conflict a lot. So I'd like to get your thoughts on specific techniques I can use to work through conflict in a healthier way. I do think some of it has to do with some root chakra imbalances and for sure a lot of pretty egregious past trauma. Do you feel comfortable sharing anything from your past trauma that you feel brought on this conflict, avoidance of conflict, root chakra stuff? Can you, do you feel comfortable? If not, no worries. We can go there, but. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So I have, I guess, starting around age eight as a little girl, I was groomed and uh, sexually exploited in black market child porn. So the mafia was involved. There were, you know, like 10 years of litigation, three different counties. We were offered witness protection. At any rate, I did get justice. So my offender did serve some hard time, but I've had some threats like we would change the locks to the place where we live and we would come home and find 20 copies of the new key on the floor. So, you know, we were very much harassed for many years, all the way through the incarceration and into even the parole. Like even the prosecutor had to get a restraining order, which is very out of the ordinary for a sexual abuse case for a child, typically speaking. You know, the person pleads guilty, takes a plea. But in my case, we went through 10 years of litigation. I was cross-examined pretty brutally by one of the world. He's a leading attorney in D.C. Actually, was Lorena Bobbitt's attorney. So I was cross-examined as a child by this man in three different jurisdictions. So I think that that could be part of it. <laughs> well, this is by far, it's fascinating. You, and there's only been one other person in my life who's come to me and shared a similar story. We've heard, and I... I I want to say I appreciate you for this because there has been, I'll use quotations for those who are just listening, speculation around this idea of this going on in the world. And there are people still believing that this is, may not really be going on in the world. Like they kind of don't want to believe that this is going on in the world. And now I'm talking now to two people that said that they were groomed. Like, I want to talk, I want to go back if that's okay there, because there's something with the word groomed. This idea of being groomed to the age of eight for a specific role. And can you share, what did that mean? Is that, did your parents plan on the grooming or did someone come to your parents and mislead them? What did that entail, that grooming? Yeah, you know, looking back, I feel that a lot of it was very calculated. This was a stepfather, and I can confidently say that my mother was selected and also, you know, targeted because she had a young daughter, among many other reasons, was vulnerable, young, single mother. And the grooming is so subtle and takes place over such a long period of time. And of course, there was a lot less awareness. This is, I'm talking, you know, the 80s now, right? So there wasn't as much awareness. And thank 
goodness, there were no video cameras. It was, this was all Polaroid and photos and other things. But the grooming is very much a befriending. It's a, you know, oh, you have been to ballet class and your muscles are sore. Let me help you understand how to get rid of that muscle soreness in the way of maybe a back massage. Hey, you walk to ballet class alone sometimes. Let me teach you how to defend yourself and let's wrestle. So very much a person that comes and they are like on your side, on your team. And to the point of once I turned into probably more of a, so this went on for a number of years and I got into probably like the tween years, what you would think of now as the tween years. And I wanted to do things like, you know, go roller skating with my friends or buy a new pair of Calvin Klein jeans or things that, you know, I had to get permission and were considered a privilege. This person would go and advocate for me and sort of play good cop, bad cop, making my mom the bad cop. And hey, we're on this team together. I want to make sure you get to that roller skating rink that is, you know, an hour from your house. I'm going to see to it that you can stay out till midnight. But, you know, we are this team here and we're united. So we don't tell her some of this stuff. We don't tell our mom that I'm having you do certain things in exchange for this teammate situation. Right. Yeah. And the things were, you know, increasingly more sexual in nature over time. And did it just happen with your stepfather or other individuals? Was he getting other people involved in taking advantage of you? I was very interested in ballet and performing arts. He took me on a couple of trips to New York City under the guise, you know, we went to some Broadway shows and things like that. But he did introduce me to several men. And looking back, you know, I now understand that he was showing me, like showing his product, right? Because back then the black market child porn was photography. So he would photograph a lot of these acts that took place. And we actually finally found a lady, you know, back then you had the photo mat, right? So if you get high quality photos, you have to get them developed somewhere. So we were, the prosecutors in one particular county were uh, amazing. And they tracked this woman down. Well, we found out there were probably hundreds of photos of up to 10 other girls. But you couldn't look, no different than you couldn't look at a photograph at me, of me at age 11 and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I wasn't 18. Maybe I was just a young looking adult, right? So we never could locate them. And so, yeah, there were, this was uh, black market porn. There were very high, powerful, successful, stereotypically successful for all, all purposes, these, these, these men that were involved. And this went on until what age? 13. 13. And that's when you guys started to speak up. Things started to shift. I actually had a boyfriend. I started having sex with my actual boyfriend. And understanding that, oh, wait a minute, this is how this works. Uh, I just started, kind of started putting it all together. And I confided in a boyfriend who had enough sense, he was a little older, enough sense to confide in a, a trusted adult who reached out. And then fortunately, my mom believed me and, you know, immediately got counseling and got, you know, legal action and I was actually very fortunate that there was justice, right? Like this man served you know, two decades in prison is now on the sex offender list. A lot of people don't get that type of justice. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So of course, what's happening inside your body is 
there is root chakra womb requirement of healing, right? And you've been on a journey. I already know, I imagine that you've been on a journey of healing. You, you mentioned therapy. Can you mention a little bit about what therapy you've done, different kinds to heal? Because obviously you're going to have rage. Obviously you're going to be shut down. I imagine without you even saying, there's probably been different, what we would call different uh, bodily things happening down there. Like some people have like certain discharge or just different things that you're like, what's going on with the nether region? But because the body's responding, the body's responding to something that it's processing, basically. I don't want to label anything bad or good. I'm just saying it's processing. I imagine that's probably gone on and you've had other type of physical things where you've been like, oh, I've gone to a doctor and been like, okay, what, what do I need to take or what do I need to do? Yeah. Is that true? Oh, wow. It's funny you say that because I never had actually put it together, but I started menstruating at a very young age and every month I had, I mean, violent period episodes, but I never, I never put those two things together, actually. So thank you for bringing that to my awareness. Sure, when I was, uh, when all of this kind of came to light, yes, immediately it was, you know, counselor, therapist, counselor, social worker, therapist, they were everywhere all the time. I just didn't want to do it. I was already repeating the story hundreds of times, you know, they to prosecute. You need a lot of details. You need dates. You need times. Which is also its own kind of trauma, by the way, everyone. That type of being in court and being having to share the story is its own type of trauma. So I want to honor that trauma too. You having to speak over and over and over the same story line. Yeah, well, the cross-examination, I think, was the worst, right? It was very much trying to victimize me and paint me as a promiscuous young female, which I ultimately did become for a period of years, which I think is pretty common. But I surely wasn't a promiscuous nine-year-old. My diary was read in court. Private detectives had been following me. So my privacy was very much invaded. I still struggle with things like journaling for that reason, I'm sure. So yeah, I actually wasn't in a place to receive a lot of therapy or counseling because I felt like, you know, this is what the adult says you you need to go do. I didn't get a lot out of it. I didn't want to open up. I didn't ask for it. So it wasn't until I had a child, this man I knew was safely behind bars that I sought out counseling on my own accord. And that, so that's when, you know, I did do some therapy and I had, I mean, I had s- several other traumatic events that I probably attracted energetically in hindsight, peeping toms, a nude man intruding on myself and my daughter as we slept and some things like that, that I was fortunately able to defend myself against. But looking back, those were energetic, probably energetically attracted, right? Because this is in my body. So that's- I have to say that it, it wasn't until I came in contact with you and this kind of uh, spiritual healing, just the whole healing movement, that, that the, the healing really started to work because I started to seek it out. I resisted a lot of it at first, but it kind of got into me through osmosis from my day-to-day activities and it just started kind of taking effect. And then I realized, holy cow, this is, this is everything you need. So I've been working with a healer. I, of course, follow all of your stuff and listen in on your coaching and do a lot of the exercises from that. Well, okay, I want to, because you had a specific question and we'll get to it. I just wanted to give every, because 
I want to serve you, but I sense, and I know you sense this or you wouldn't be here, that your story is going to impact quite a few people listening because there's people that are going to be listening that have never shared this part of their lives, guaranteed, and have kept it quiet for various reasons. And the, the underlining reasons tend to come down to shame. And honestly, just like, I would like it to just go away because <laughs> I'm here now. And I just want to say thank you for that because, and that's why I wanted to really go there because you sharing, even though you've shared a lot probably back in the time in prosecution, but you sharing now is very, very healing for some specific people right now. And it doesn't matter what the storyline is, it, when it's vulnerable and when it feels scary, you're giving other people permission to do the same. I want to go back to this idea of conflict and now this idea of avoiding conflict because, of course, there's this kind of, uh, everyone handles trauma a little bit different, but this idea of fighting, of course, you're like, I couldn't defend myself. Now I know it was wrong. I'm angry that that happened. No one ever is going to take advantage of me ever again, and especially those I love. So this fighter came out. And of course, you might have even been attracting issues to fight, men to fight, intruders to fight, because you wanted to show your soul, I can defend myself now. And obviously, you might have been attracting it energetically. And a lot of times, it's not in a positive way. So of course, you were fighting conflict. I'm going to prove that this, no one ever takes advantage of me again, right? Also, you shut down energetically down there, of course. You're going to shut down any part of the sexual potential of taking advantage of. And you're going to protect yourself. Guaranteed, the reason maybe there's been an aspect of healing that I played into just in the simplest way was around body, food, because people that go through these things, they want to protect through food and protection of excess layers. Never are you going to see me as sexual ever again. You're not going to see the beauty in me ever because that's too painful. So I'm not going to be beautiful. I am not going to look attractive. I'm going to try. And it's very, very subconscious. And so as you probably stepped into detoxes or food at the very, very beginning, you might've been a little scared because it's like, Ooh, I don't know about this. Like I'm starting to feel myself. I'm starting to feel even more sexual and I'm starting to get a little bit more attention. And even though I like it, is it safe on a very deep, deep subconscious level? And now as you've done more healing work, because I think this body healing work of breath work that you've been doing and I do know that part of you, is because so much of the healing that we think we have to do it has to do with the mind. That's therapy, right? Let's talk about it. And what I'm finding is not that that's a wrong way to do it. And obviously I'm talking with you, but you've seen different parts of me where we can go into the body and you doing and going into your body, into the breath, we're bringing the energy in. It's like oxygen heals, right? Oxygen heals and giving yourself permission to be in your body is what's going to be the tremendous amount of healing that gets to continue through you. Less heady, less figuring it out, less, I have to do this and this and this more. Let me get in my body because 
it can get disassociated. Even though you might think you were associated in your body, it can get very disassociated and it's coping and it's, it's very subtle. It's very subtle. Some of it can be not so subtle, but I imagine you're pretty brilliant. So you, you could create a lot of subtleties in the way you move through life. I want to have you ask, cause people are, are thinking again, like what was your question on this idea around root? Say that question again, cause it was beautiful. I know that my upper chakras are like, bam, maybe over My lower chakras are just congested. You can see it in my body too. You know, to your point, I I carry that weight there. And I just have this sensation that my root, it's a safe, the security is one of life's biggest illusions in my mind anyway. So the idea of safety is very sketchy. So I do a lot of, I am safe, but I do feel like if I could just get those root chakras like unclogged, I could at least feel as safe as other people feel or how I perceive other people feel. Yeah, which is interesting. I'm glad you said that because you're perceiving that others are feeling more safe than you. It's fascinating. Some people that have not even gone remotely through what you've gone through feel very unsafe and walk through life feeling very unsafe. And safety is one of the most fundamental desires humanity has. It is actually one of our biggest drivers is to the desire to feel safe. And when it's been stripped as a kid, it plays its role. And a lot of children have been stripped of their safety, especially in the root chakra, the sexual chakra. And that's when when everyone's going, what's this root chakra? The root chakra is your, it is, okay, so if we were to look at the chakras in our body, the root is right there in that sitting bone area in where your, you know, vagina sits, right? And then you've got your sacral, which is in this womb and they're all tied together. You can't have one without the other. They're tied together. And this is very common. And so I'm going to offer some stuff, okay? I'm going to offer some wisdom around this. And one, first one is less here. Less, I have to do step one, step two, step three of this is what's going to work because that's what you came for, but I'm going to tell you less of that. And more this grace, this idea that nothing's wrong with me, even if that root chakra is not fully open. Nothing's wrong with me, even if that sacral chakra wants to stay closed right now. And I still can be in alignment. I still can walk this earth in joy, even if those two chakras want to stay a little bit right where they're at. Nothing's wrong with that. And that's the first thing because we get caught up in this spiritual world that if my chakras are not open and aligned, something's wrong. And it's simply not true. And the body is wise. The body knows, the body knows, the body knows. And all I would do, honestly, is continue to do a lot of breath work. Not because it's you're fixing yourself, not because you have to do it, but because you get to because you get to feel, you get to bring oxygen to the lower parts of you. And as you continue to do breath work and every day, every day, laying your hand over your womb, putting your hand between your legs, truly, and just saying, I love you. There's no time frame when you need to open. You can stay closed because I trust you. Because what I do know is you have powerful intuition. 
You know who you can trust and who you cannot. So lean on that. You can keep repeating, I'm safe, but you can let it know there's no rush. I love you. I love you. I respect you. Thank you for everything you've gone through. And repeat that as you kind of touch and hold it and just say, I don't need to go anywhere. You don't need to go anywhere. You don't need to be fixed. I love you. And thank you. That's super liberating. Thank you for saying that. I've gotten a lot out of this time section. Out of the head, into the body. Yeah. And and honestly, I think you probably dance and you probably feel pretty good dancing, but you may not dance a lot. You mentioned ballet and going to shows is very liberating for you, I imagine. And seeing people in their expression is very liberating for you. And seeing people move freely is probably very liberating for you. Allow yourself to dance a little more. Allow yourself, if you want to go out or do it in the private, your living room doesn't really matter. Move and flow. Maybe this, I'm going out on a limb. I don't know where this is coming from, but take a ballet class. Walk yourself to ballet class. I love that, Danette. Yeah, why not? And I love you so much. And let me know. I would love to follow back up with you on just doing the one, the breath work and touching, not saying that you're, I'm doing this. It's all an intention. I'm not doing this because I'm trying to fix something. I'm doing this simply because I love you. I'm breathing in oxygen and doing breath work because I love you. Not trying to fix you. I'm not trying to fix or align you or make you better or make you more open. I love you just as you are. I'm just doing it because I'm going to love on you. That's it. That's your intention. And then dance and maybe sign up for a ballet class. Okay. I love it. The breath work has been unbelievably like you could never have convinced me that breath work would be as powerful as it is because as I think, you know, I overthink a lot of things and it was just too simple. Right. So what you're saying is spot on. Thank you. Love you, honey. Thank you for being on. Hey, my loves. I know today's episode was a big, deep breath in and out. And I just wanted to clarify that you don't have to go through sex trafficking to experience trauma when it comes to different forms of sexual trauma. And this is definitely not an issue just for females. This has happened to males and to little boys as well. And I just want to bring this to light because I want you to know you're not alone. Any form of trauma that can happen in sort of this way is trauma. And you're validated for the way you feel. You're validated for the emotions that are coming up. And I just want to let you know there is hope that there are, you are not alone in this. And I hope this episode was a guiding light for you, that you felt like, wow, I can do some healing work around this, that I can go to these parts of myself and heal this. You know, I, I feel like a lot of these incidences get shoved down. They get shoved down out of shame. They get shoved down because you're like, I just want to move forward in my life. They get shoved down because you're not sure if people will understand. They get shoved down for a myriad of reasons. And I want you to know that it's worth looking at. It's worth healing. It's worth doing the inner work. And I would love to support you on that journey. Let me know, write in, DM me in my social channels on the Jeanette May 
and let me know because this is a conversation we all get to have and know that we're not alone. So tag me on social at the Danette May if this episode resonated for you. If you want other people to know they're not alone, let's get this message out together. I love you so much, guys. We're in this together. Bye.